I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wim Lou. This is your Canadian Women's Olympic National Team Reaction Podcast. Uh, and this one, which Canada beat South Korea convincingly by a score of 74-53, to 53, although that doesn't really tell you how close the game was because over the course of the game, Canada did hold the lead, but Korea was very much in the game, threatening, you know, within striking distance. And uh, at, at the end there, too, it felt like Korea really fell apart. A couple of key players fouled out. And um, they honestly, just looked kind of tired, whereas Canada was able to, to get by with the strength of their roster. So, um, you know, this was a very important game, a must-win for Canada, um, because they had dropped their opening game against uh, Serbia. And look, you know, this is the nature of all tournament play, whether you're watching you know, the Olympics or FIBA or, you know, the World Cup in basketball or the FIFA World Cup, you know, all these things. Like, pretty much every game is a must-win. You know, very rarely do you get to a situation where you're sitting comfortable and you don't have to do much. Like, that doesn't really happen. When you play tournament games, they're pretty much all must-wins. Having said that, though, this one was really a must-win because having dropped the first game, Canada needed to uh, take care of business. And they did that tonight against, against South Korea, which I have to say... For a large portion of the game, was not a very uh, fun watch. And I'm all for defense and things like that. I think that's really, you know, again, really well-executed defensive plays were great. I think Canada, you know, forced Korea into shot clock violations at least three or four times, uh, which was great to see. And that gets me pumped up. What doesn't get me pumped up is just players missing point-blank layups and uh, open threes. I mean, at one point, I think at halftime, Korea and Canada had only made two threes apiece. Uh, with the score being 35 to, or 33 to 28. I mean, it wasn't a high scoring game whatsoever. Um, even with the, the quarters being a little bit shorter at 10 minutes instead of 12. And, um, it just wasn't a lot of, you know, play finishing. In, in fact, I thought Korea actually out executed Canada in the first half. They're a team that really works really well in tandem. You know, they run a play every single time down. Two or three actions in that play. Shooters getting open. They have a really good big in the middle uh, who was able to just really punish Canada. I mean, I I don't want to say it looked like, you know, when you watch, um, you know, let's say the men's team play 
But it was a similar situation with uh, Korea having uh, Park in the middle, who was six foot six. I mean, it was uh, you know, it was it was difficult to to get around. And honestly, I thought Korea played really well. I really thought for a large portion of this game, you know, like um, Korea could potentially steal it. But Canada's defense really did show up in that third quarter. There, I mean, Korea look, Korea struggled to shoot the three. It was almost comical. Um, they shot five of twenty six from three. Canada wasn't much better at four or fourteen, but. You know, um, where Canada really pulled ahead in the third quarter was defensively, holding Korea to only 11 points. I mean, the defensive effort throughout the, the game for Canada was just strong. Korea scored no more than 15 points in the quarter. It went 15, 13, 11, and 14. Um, so, you know, that part was great. But really where Canada pulled ahead was the absurd number of offensive rebounds that they collected. I mean, it, it, the Canadian national team, you got to tip your hat because... This they probably didn't come into this game anticipating you know a game plan they're going to attack the glass this hard last game against Serbia didn't really have any of this sort of um, intensity on the offensive glass let's say but 22 offensive rebounds for Canada in a 40 minute game absurd really uh, at one point Canada was rebounding half their misses which is you know it's just it's going to lead to um you know, just more shots, and more shots is going to get you more points. You know, I mean, it's you know, sometimes sports is not very difficult when you have possession like that. Um, it's you're gonna you're gonna dominate, and you know, I, honestly, for a large portion of the game, that's all Canada could get was mostly subsisting on putbacks and sort of second chance opportunities. The ball movement, you know, for Canada was okay at times, but a lot of times, you know, some players were calling their own numbers and taking some bad shots. Just a, kind of a frustrating offensively, but when you can collect those extra possessions, that's what really helped because the extra possessions is almost where Canada stole the game against Serbia as well. Even though Canada played poorly in that one, hasn't shot the three well in either game, um, but Canada was able to be in that game because they forced 28 turnovers. So that really helped them win the possession battle there as well. Today, not as many turnovers forced, only seven, um, although there was really good ball pressure from the Canadians once again. I mean, every single time anybody has the ball, even if they're just at the top of the floor looking to initiate, clearly trying to pass to, off to the wing with, with some like screening action on the sides or whatever. Great ball pressure, you know, trying to control the, the flow of the game. I just think Korea actually executed their offensive sets really well, so they were able to negate some of that ball pressure. But the same pressure was there, but again, Canada just dominated the glass. And it was a really... Um, workmanlike effort like everybody really contributed hard to this one again this is not the game plan coming to this game was to sort of you know basically pummel the korean team on the inside but really good job of gang rebounding by the canadians and you know it was a it was a bit of a tough game because i I think one of the things that canada you know will struggle with is 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 a center in the middle like a six foot six presence that's really going to be able to establish their space and and and, you know uh, be a threat on the roll and 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 start to get downhill and you know there's a lot of things that i think you know for the canadian team they don't really have that sort of naturally big big player uh which is so important in in, in uh, fiba play right i mean a large part of fiba basketball is like there's a center in the sanding in the paint all the time 24 7 like park jisoo did today in 33 minutes she was probably in the in the restricted area like at least i don't know man i mean 30 of those 32 minutes on both ends of the floor, and that's gonna really, you know, impact the game. I mean, you see, you know, that 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 trend played out with the men's team, for example. They struggled with the the checks had a seven footer, and all of a sudden, that person got like fourteen and nineteen, and and, and ended up beating Canada. And Canada's, you know, the men's team at least wasn't able to qualify. So that's part of parcel of the FIBA game with the difference in um, 
in what you're allowed to do with the defensive three seconds in the lane and stuff like that. But um, I think Canada did a good job, obviously, managing around that, finding ways to win. And that's what the tournament really is. Like, when you watch, again, any tournament play, no matter what kind of tournament you're watching, you're going to face different teams, you're going to face different styles, and you're most importantly, you're going to face different challenges. And the thing is, you just need to win every freaking game, right? So you need to find different ways to win, and that's what Canada did today. And that's not to put aside the fact that you got some really good individual performances. And I really wanted to talk about that because I think in game one, Bridget Carlton struggled. I uh, was a little bit disappointed. I think you could see that, you could tell that she had the quality to really impact the game at a very high level. But, um, you know, outside of a nice stretch and to start the fourth quarter, that wasn't really the case. I thought Bridget was kind of lost. Today, I mean, Bridget was fantastic. Phenomenal, really. Um, you know, uh, played really physically which was really important because, again, uh, the outside shot wasn't falling for anybody. I mean, Bridget was one for five from three. It's typically better than that. Um, but a lot of just small, sneaky plays, smart plays, heads-up plays that, like, really contributed to a win. Those things factor in. Like, uh, you know, for example, a really smart duck-in, right? Reading that the defense is, you know, blind to a certain spot, being able to cut into that space, receive the pass, um, go up strong, finish. You know, I mean, Bridget was making a lot of great plays like that, diving on the floor for loose balls, tying um, tying up possession and, and forcing the possession arrow to go the other way. Like, just a lot of really nice plays on both ends of the floor. And then some key important baskets in the fourth quarter there were, you know, Korea had coming into the fourth quarter, Canada was, I think, up 10. Korea hits a, a mid-range jumper, and then, uh, you know, a, you know, one of their guards gets downhill and, and, and gets the free throw line off a nice little post-up fake. Lee cuts down to six. You know, what what is Canada's response there? And and Bridget, you know, drove to her left, caught, you know, got fouled. The, the Korean defender on the replay, as it showed, had one arm contesting up, up top and the other arm holding Bridget down by the waist, just like pulling her down. But Bridget was able to have the strength to finish through the contact, the dexterity there to, to to make the shot on the move while being fouled. Literally, Isaiah Thomas hanging on to LeBron style. Okay, maybe not like that, but um, still, like it's uh, it, it was a really impressive play, a really nice play that fired up the entire Canadian team. Um, I, I thought Canada was going to win, especially considering Korea just couldn't hit any threes, but. You know, there was a small threat there, and Korea, and Bridget really neutralized that with, with that um, and huge and one play, completed the play as well. Uh, and it just was phenomenal. And late in the game, you know, she got a three. Uh, she got a driving layup baseline. So, I mean, the, the you know, Bridget was sensational in this game. And I think, you know, this is probably why, like, you know, coaches, Coach Demitis is really going to lean on, you know, their, their backcourt because that's where a lot of these – Possessions are going to have to come from. You know, there's there's enough pieces elsewhere to really kind of um, plug and play. But, I mean, the, the bulk of where Canada's offense is going to come from is from the perimeter, from, you know, players like Shea Cauley, who, uh, you know, hurt her shoulder in the other game uh, against Serbia. You know, she didn't look good. She You know, uh, she looked distraught. Uh, she didn't play from the third quarter onward after suffering a, sh- a shoulder, um, I guess, strain because she was diving for a loose ball. Uh, but she was able to play, and she made some nice plays. I mean, you, you might look at 3 for 10 from the field and say that wasn't that impressive, but you have some important baskets there, especially when Canada was struggling offensively as a team. Um, Shea's able to get downhill, has a bit of that 3 to go with it. And, you know, that downhill threat is something that is a little bit harder for Canada to generate because they don't have that natural uh, point guard or, or even a wing that consistently gets downhill and is able to finish at the rim. They kind of have to, like, you know, Kia is more of a shooter, 
uh, even though Kia can slash, but you know her her game is mostly shooting and finishing plays, not driving downhill, creating. Uh, even Bridget, you know, not this. You know, I think she was very successful today playing her game, which was to sort of fill in, you know, find spots to contribute, play both ways, play in transition. That was good, but not also a downhill player. And I think Colley, you know, provides you some of that sort of north south pressure. You know, the way that. Um, you know, you, you, you look at, uh, you want Naira Fields to do that a little bit of that as well. So, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, they're going to have to rely on the backcourt is what I'm trying to say. And Bridget, I thought was great. Ikea, quite honestly, I've been a little bit disappointed by in the two games. The first game, I thought she took better shots than the game, than the shots she took tonight, where some of them were, were forced, quite frankly. Um, you know, made a couple of late shot clock plays. Like there was one at the start of the game where I think maybe the first basket for Canada, first or second basket, where shot clock was, was dying, Nurse, you know, pump faked, the Korean defender flies by with like two seconds left, and the Nurse cashes the three. Like, that was great. I, I thought that was, okay, your shots are going to start to fall for Kia. But three for 11 for Kia today, one for seven, some from three, or one for seven from the two-point range. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of plays where it just felt like it was... It was a forced shot in the sense that it was a difficult shot. Maybe there were other options to look for. And also maybe from your main players, you would want to see them try to create easier opportunities for the team as a whole. Um, you know, I thought game one, it was a, it was a different scenario uh, where I think he only shot five of 18. But like Kia got open shots, mid-range shots, shots that she's comfortable with, shots where she was uncontested, shots within the flow of the offense that worked really well. And she just couldn't make them. Like you have nights like that. That's fine. I like her aggression anyway. Today, it was a lot of four shots. And you can even tell at the end where she got fouled on a play, which, you know, was even a little, even that was a little bit of a bailout play. But you could tell she was frustrated with the way that things were going. I mean, to her credit, she has played, I think the other game she played 38 minutes and 30 seconds out of 40. And this game, she played 34 minutes. So, uh, you know, <laughs> a heavy workload by far led the team in minutes both games. And is clearly, like, the most important player on the team. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure she's frustrated that she hasn't gotten a going. I'm sure she's disappointed in some of these shooting lines. But, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, he is very, very important. And if they're going to beat, you know, some of the tougher competition in the, in, the, in, the, in the tournament, which they will need to do to, re, you know, return as medalists uh, or even just get to the quarterfinals, she's going to have to do this against Spain. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it turns it around. I'm, I'm happy to see what Bridget did. Honestly, you got to give a huge shout out to Canada's bigs. I thought um, I thought Coach Tomitas really did a good job of managing the game from that perspective. Um, you know, pairing some forwards out there so that it wasn't just down to you know whether it was Natalie Ochanwa um, starting the game. And Natalie was fantastic. Uh, Fourteen points, ten rebounds, uh, hit a bunch of jumpers. You know, made some nice passes as well. The thing with Natalie that's really great is that. Um, she's got the bulk and the size to sort of play a little bit and bang a little bit down low, but she also has what is so important for most bigs is to have that perimeter game. And maybe it's not spacing out the three, but even when you space out to the mid range area, uh, there's a lot of uh, more things that you can unlock with that. You can obviously run a couple more dribble handoffs. You can run pick and pops, um, or even just have her facilitate from the top of the floor where, you know, if you pull the center out and the center can shoot, well, all of a sudden you got space to cut into, and that's where, you know, players like Carlton and other, you know, and, and others were able to sort of capitalize on that. And that's where you see the, you know, a Chandler's five assists, you know, to, again, not, not to over belay like comparisons to men, but like, you know, it, you can imagine sort of her role being similar to the way Kelly Olenek has played for Team Canada, for example. So uh, she was fantastic. And of course, she had to really, really contend with Park on the other end. And Park is bigger than her, more physical. 
and you know it probably wore her down and and you know um but i think natalie fought for every inch she made a number of nice plays i mean like there was a play where late in the shot clock the raptors the raptors um can played some really good defenses down on like a short shot clock situation and natalie steps out to the perimeter and blocks the three i mean like there's just a lot of really good plays that she made that and and you know this is within the context of the fact that she just recently tore her um, MCL and you could see her still wearing this giant brace on her knee um but she's fighting through it i mean again 14 points 10 rebounds was great effort from her and then really from from you know uh, co- the coach's perspective like you really just need to find the backup minutes especially with Natalie playing so well but you know you don't a you don't want her to, to have to overextend that much um, especially all that banging is going to commit some fouls. She got four fouls in, in 23 minutes, um, battling a b- bigger player. Uh, so you have to find, you know, what your rotation is going to be. And, you know, there was a stretch there where, where, where coach went with Letitia Amu here, which, um, you know, I think she's just a little bit too young, you know, a little bit too skinny where it impacted her finishing at the basket. She wasn't able to just go up straight up and, and put the layup in. I mean, one for six minus seven in six minutes, Lost, you know, didn't really have a lot of confidence out there. You know, had a, had a loose ball come in their hands and just spill right out. It just wasn't good. Plus, you know, just the size mattered here. Like, you know, I think Letitia, like, there's certain matchups for a skinnier player that can jump a little bit, can a little bit, a little bit quicker, use that advantage. When you're going against a big bruising post-up player in a half-court setting, that's going to be a disadvantage, and we saw that a little bit. So that's where, you know, some of your depth and experience on the roster comes into play, and that's where Kayla Alexander was sensational tonight. 11 minutes as the other backup center, kind of a different look, but Kayla is more traditional, a little bit bigger, a stronger, older player as well more seasoned, but uh, Kayla came in and gave Canada a really, really nice, calming presence defensively, winning defensive rebounds, winning offensive rebounds, um, you know, traditional big type of production. And and this is why you have, the, the team that you have is you have some talent that you can really manage and shift around according to the matchups. And I, I thought Kayla gave them a great, um, you know, boost off the bench. 10 points in 11 minutes is, is great to see. Uh, you know, one of the nice things about FIBA basketball is that, uh, I don't know, coaches' huddles are just completely mic'd up. So you are just privy to hearing what is the exact play call coming out of the thing, which is really cool because then you get to go into the play and see whether or not that was executed. You know, did it was it according to plan? Was it not according to plan? It's, it's really a huge benefit that I wish was like, you know, a staple in NBA broadcasts, although I'm, I'm sure teams are, I don't know, sensitive or whatever, but... In any case, you know, uh, you know, coach called a post up play for Kayla. The, the play set up. She was in the post. She she went up with the little shoulder fake, turned the other way, went up for the shot, got fouled, hit both free throws. Like it's just, I don't know. It's a nice little detail. It's the same thing when you watch the um the the, the Olympic qualifying tournament for the men's side. Uh, it was very fun to to get into Nick Nurse's mind. Like literally, you can be in that huddle and and hear the exact plays, the exact terminology, the exact strategies. The exact ten, the tenor of their voices and, and what they're stressing, that's that's very cool to me. But um, yeah, anyway, so it, with this win, Canada uh, first off accomplishes two things. One, um, you know, it, it keeps them alive in terms of you know going through the group stages here. Uh, but two, it also 
gives Canada a, a huge bump in, 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 in terms of um, point differential. They didn't. They only lost their first game by like five points, I think. This game, they obviously blew the Koreans out by 21 points. So that's really going to help and factor in down the line. It, you know, it could be one of those tie-breaking situations. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for in terms of what you need to know in terms of this... Uh, this tournament and Canada's bid to, to secure a third consecutive medal finish, which, by the way, give it up for Canadian women, man. I mean, I, 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 as of right now, as a recording, this is a Wednesday night. I still think it's just women who have won uh, medals for, for Canada so far. Women, Canadian women have really been holding it down for the country. And um, yeah, I mean, again, it, it not to compare and contrast the teams all that much ad nauseum, but you know, the men's team struggles to even get to the Olympics. Well, meanwhile, the women's team has medaled twice in a row now. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's really worth watching. Um, I don't even need to say anything beyond that other than they play good basketball. It's really fun to watch the team. They play together. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. So, anyway, um, in terms of what you need to know, so Canada is going to play their third and final group stage game. Uh on Friday, let me just get the exact results. I don't know why my computer is freezing right now. Um, this is not ideal. Okay, exit page. Yeah, sure, let's do that. Um, yeah, so Canada's going to play their third and final exit, uh, group stage game. This is going to be against Spain. And, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one. I, I don't want to mince any words. Spain is a very good team, arguably a better team than Canada. Uh, Spain is a team that... Um, you know, one silver in the uh, in the, in the last uh, in the in the last Olympics. Obviously, you know, silver is probably the best that most teams can hope for uh, outside of the United States. Considering the, the 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 women's national team in the states is just so dominant. Um, but yeah, Spain is a very formidable team, um, and they're going to play Serbia. That's going to be a heavyweight battle. That's happening later, I guess, today in Japan. Although it's later tomorrow in Toronto. Um, but yeah, Canada's going to play Spain at 9 p.m. on Saturday. I really hope people tune in to watch this. I mean, the, the games are really fun. I mean, there will be, you know, it's uh, it's competitive. And listen, I, I think Canada has a chance here. I think here, two things that really make me feel good about this in terms of from the Canadian perspective. I think number one, Kia is just due for a breakout. Like, she's not going to go the whole time about breaking all these shots. Uh, Kia is a very good player, very good shooter, very skilled player, uh, plays with a chip on her shoulder, has a confidence about her. I, I don't see her having three bad games in a row. And, you know, I'm I'm banking on a better performance from Kia. Two, I think the way Canada has played in terms of their physicality has been so uh, so difficult for other teams to deal with. Um, you know, you look at in the, in the first game against Serbia, forcing a veteran team like that, an experienced and accomplished team, into 28 turnovers because of how much pressure they put on the ball at all times. Uh, is very impressive. And it's very impressive that that pressure sustained itself for 40 minutes. Sometimes teams can press for a while, but then they get tired, and, you know, then it starts to break down, then you start to give back the points you really worked hard to get in the first place. Um, so that's that's one thing. Uh, and then this game, where they just completely pummeled Korea, even though Korea had the biggest player on the floor, um, Canada come in, comes in and wins 22 offensive rebounds. Like, that's, you know, the, 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 the depth of the roster, the way... Coach Tamaida says, really, outside of Kia and I guess Bridget, is basically really shuffled the minutes around in the front court to keep everybody fresh, to keep the intensity high. has been has been really smart. I think it, it really has um, leveraged Canada's advantage in athleticism in most of these games, and um, it, it's it's also makes for a fun style of play. Like it's just 
it's exactly the kind of basketball that I think a lot of Canadians love to watch in sports in general, not just in basketball, but uh, just really hard, battling, scrappy, physical, um, intense. And yeah, so 9, 9 p.m. Saturday, Canada versus Spain, be there. Times your three stars from this game. I will have to go with Bridget Bridget Carlton, number one. I think, uh, you know, 18 points, seven rebounds, uh, four assists, you know, no turnovers, only one foul, drew three fouls, blocked a shot. I mean, it, since just great all-around play, I thought Bridget was really good for the whole game. I was just consistently impressed with the plays that she was coming up with. She had a play where she blocked the three at the end of the shot clock uh, for Korea, then took it the other way for a layup, you know, it was, uh, man, it was just a really good game from Bridget Carlton. Uh, in terms of your second start, we get to Natalie Achanwa. I think, um, I, again, she she had to deal with the bulk of the park assignment, which, whew, man, I was tired watching it. Um, uh, I think I texted Alex, who was also watching this game. I think I texted him. I was like, we got to put, we got to, we got to put a body on, on, on Parkeel O'Neal. Like it was really feeling that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, Natalie Achanwa. You know, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 7 to 15 shooting, 23 minutes. Played good defense, set up the plays, spacing, t- toughness on the inside, playing through injury, everything you would want. Laying all on the line for for Canada here. And then third star, I think Kayla was Kayla Alexander was great. Uh, 10 points, four rebounds as a reserve off the bench. Provided that same defensive intensity, that size to sort of bother um, Park a little bit, but also just the, the offense to go along with it. The traditional post up plays, a little mid range jumpers, a little free throw line jumpers, drawing the fouls, getting to the free throw line, and finishing. Just exactly what you want in terms of a boost off the bench. Didn't didn't the intensity didn't drop? Camden didn't have to play that differently. They could still go through the post, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty good performance. So, um, <laughs> I mean, in terms of Gerald Henderson award winner, I don't even know, to be quite honest. Yeah. First off, I mean, I guess you could give it to Park Jisoo. Like, you know, I keep talking about her. She was just such a problem for Canada because of her size and her physicality. She was relentless. Um, 33 minutes, you know, exhausting to play at a big size. And, yeah, I mean, man, five blocks, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 7 to 12 shooting. It, it That doesn't even fully capture how difficult it was to just, like, Keep her off the glass and just keep her out of the paint. It was exhausting watching it, and she was diving on the floor too. Huge commitment shown by both countries, and uh, you know, it, you know, she was arguably the best player, the most impactful player on the game. But uh, Canada, I think, just had more depth, especially because, I mean, you know, no offense to the to South Koreans, but they just couldn't hit any any shots. Like it was almost sad to watch. It really was. At least they got one or two threes late in the game when the game was decided. But like, yeah, it was uh, it was a tough watch from that perspective. But hey, listen, Canada got the win. You know, pivotal game coming up this weekend against Spain. Hopefully, Canada can get through the group stages here. And you know, look, they have the talent to beat a lot of teams. Maybe not Team USA because they're just levels above everyone else. But you know, like they have the real <laughs> capability here to do something and get back to the the podium, which they have done so in 2012 and 2016. So I would love to see it three years in a row. From this team, I've uh, really enjoyed watching games one and two, and uh, I'll talk to you after game three. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 